The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. It was called Faith Matters, but we changed the name to Holy War. And there'll be graphics eventually, and maybe I'll design them. It's a lot of blood and crusaders and... Anyway, enough of that. Uh, who do we have this week? I'll tell you, they're extremely good people. Uh, closest to me, Scott Masson, Westminster Chapel, Tyndall University, um, a fine man, and, and also a fine man, Justin Trottier from the Devil Worship Society. Is that what it's called? Uh, that is uh, the subtitle. Right. The title is the uh, Canadian Secular Alliance. I was close. You are close. Let's begin, and uh, my monologue was on this, Lev Tahor, which is a, a Jewish ultra-Orthodox sect. I mean, they, they really are fundamentalists, and um, they're anti-Zionist, which is very rare, obviously, amongst uh, even Orthodox Jewish wow. people. They've been chased out of countries, mm-hmm. effectively, and out of provinces. Always child abuse is the accusation. They claim there's politics behind it. They don't abuse anyone. Um, now, a couple of the kids are in, in, in care. They, they, they could be fostered. It's very serious stuff. They want to leave the country. They're, they're being denied that. It's not so much about them. We don't really know the truth of all this. It's more about the role of the state when it comes to organized religion. Does the state have a right, a duty to intervene? Yeah, I think especially when uh, there's a potential harm against kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's precedence there. States have intervened. If a child's life is at risk in the case of being denied blood transfusion by certain religions like the Jehovah Witnesses and others, state has intervened when absolutely necessary. We know that there are religions that border on, on cults, and then there are actually cults uh, that have cost people their lives. Um, so I think the state does have a role to play. Uh, I'm not sure, I'm not going to judge the allegations here, but they seem to be rather serious if mm. proven in court, uh, denying uh, mother access to her children for a few years, uh, physical abuse and intimidation, uh, uh, denying access to, to basic educational opportunities. I mean, these, these are serious allegations. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I noticed, in, at least in the report I read, that the allegations were not of child abuse but of child neglect. Mm. And that is a much, uh, I would say, more elastic term, very difficult to define. And what I would say about the thing that concerns me on this front, I know very little about this organization as well. But it seems to me the issue here is about the, the power and scope of the state, in particular child uh, children's services on this. They have almost limitless power to search and seize. They go beyond police powers. They don't need a warrant they simply need a complaint from someone. They can come in and take your children away. That's why it's an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, furthermore, when they do come in, there's no oversight over this agency. There's no ombudsman in, in Ontario. Uh, and when it comes to the prosecution, the prosecutors themselves are in the employ of the child services. And, so, and part of the investigation, of course, is investigating the conduct of the people who've been doing the search and seizure. Uh, but, of course, they're employed by the same agency. So are they going to be uh, impartial with no oversight? I think there's a limitless possibility for abuse here on, beha- on behalf of the state. So irrespective of the particular merits of the case, that's my concern. Yeah, I mean, I am ambivalent. To, to Scott's point, I, I agree. Children's aid societies in particular um, are kind of a law into themselves, and, and they are prone to their own kind of, of internal abuses. Having said that, let's not mischaracterize this as religion versus the state or even specifically Judaism versus the state. There have been Jewish groups, B'nai B'rith and others, who have themselves come out and said, you know, we are also concerned about what's happening to these yeah, children. Even in Israel, this has happened. Fair enough. Yeah. But, I mean, oh. but basically, the, the, these are, we're, we're worried at the moment about the residential schools, what's happened to Native families, their children being taken away. It's precisely the same issue right here. And it, it continues to this very day that children are taken away from Natives 
on this allegation of neglect. Again, no oversight, no checks or balances of okay. powers. This is a serious Let's issue. Let's a bit yeah. further. Yeah. Um, there have been atheist leaders, including Richard Dawkins, for example, who he claims he was misquoted, said that if someone is indoctrinating their child using propaganda into religion, that's a form of child abuse. Do you agree with that? Well, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure his wording, if that's an accurate portrayal. I, I, you know, for the record, I, I, I don't think teaching children or bringing up children in a particular religious tradition is child abuse, nor do I think it's child abuse to, uh, to uh, provide a secular upbringing rather than a religious upbringing. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's up to the parent. Where it does cross the line is where there are provable situations of abuse. And, and to me, I would set the bar very high. Scott, I would agree with you there. What about, if the state's to what, intervene, what, 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 what about the child is raised to believe, for example, and this is where it, it becomes particularly pertinent, um, that those who do not follow that religion well, are damned to hell, they're lesser people, that anyone, for example, who is homosexual, is a lesser human being, is a sinner, will also go to hell. If a child is taught that from a very young age, and that, that is not beyond the, the realm of, of, of plausibility, do you think that's abusive behavior? Well, you know, I, I think right now there actually are religions that, that not only teach those kinds of poisonous beliefs, but, I, but, but actually are, are guilty of, of, of human rights abuses, um, and, and they go unpunished. There are essentially cults like Scientology, uh, which, which no, no, is still considered a charitable organization, a religious organization, may, but may, is essentially a cult and does harmful mainstream things. Mainstream traditional Christianity, it may do this in a fairly gentle way, it may not be harsh or not violent about it, but it does teach certain beliefs. I've heard, maybe you're not one of them, but I've heard atheists say, no, that's a form of emotional abuse. To teach a child that is abusive and should not be allowed. No, again, the reason I was, I was pivoting there was simply because my focus would be on actual harms that religion causes. That's, or other belief systems. It doesn't have to be, just be religion. My, my point is my, my interest is in the harm. Now, we know, for example, in the States, there is a, a very notoriously hateful um, homophobic church called the Westboro Baptist Church. And at least in the U.S., and of course it's a different country, um, the, the, the courts have found that they have every right to express these hateful views and certainly to raise their children. Do you take their children and, and away I, I would agree, And I would agree with that, uh, that interpretation of the courts. I wouldn't know. I would not do that. Oh, surprised by that? No, no, because I've spoken to Justin on the air before, so I'm not, I'm not surprised by it at all. I mean, basically, when we come to allegations of abuse, uh, then the question is define your terms. When it comes again to the... Uh, the idea of hateful, again, define your terms. By what standard are we going to determine these things? The issue of morality is one of ultimate beliefs. I mean, what you believe is ultimately true. Everyone has a sense of that and what is right and wrong, and they judge in accordance with that. The difference between Christianity and other belief systems is that they believe that even though there are judges on earth, there will ultimately be one judge. His name is Jesus Christ, and he will judge the living and the dead. Having said that, we do not demand in this lifetime absolute justice, which is why there is a separation of powers, a separation of church and state, of the judiciary from the political establishment, etc. And as a consequence of that, we don't insist on our judgments being pushed and forced on the populace, whereas the statists, and that is primarily, I'm afraid, in atheist countries... Uh, I'll take the current uh, North Korean dictator who's just ac- executed 33 Who's Christians. entirely typical of, uh, of uh, status leaders. Well, I'm afraid that... <laughs> well, I mean, he's obviously extreme in his time, but uh, you, you will see since the Fre- French Revolution, the communist uh, uh, regimes, the, uh, the Nazis, they, I mean, no matter who you are, these are all atheistic, anti-religious regimes, and they've insisted that there be no... Justin? I mean, the, the absolute monarchs that, that ruled over, over Europe for the Middle Age period and, and then the dictators that came before them and the empires that came before them, I mean, it, it, I think we can have a, a very long conversation debate here about 
who scored more oppression points, the, the religious people or, or the non-religious people who are acting under a more secular ideology. Right, I'm not comparing the hundreds of millions to the thousands. That's not my point. Although the, my point, if I made it, would be overwhelming. That it is hundred, We're talking about hundreds of millions rather than thousands. The point is uh, here that, that uh, they, they would not, on a national scale, be able to, or even right, desire to... Last minute of this segment, just to be really, really naughty because you, you approached this issue before, talking about the, the rights of, of religion, the rights of the state, circumcision, you would make it illegal, wouldn't you? Male circumcision... I do, I would, because I do think that it's a harm. Right. So yeah. that, uh, Jews and Muslims, uh, circumcision, illegal. What do you think? Outrageous. I mean, I think it's outrageous. I mean, who are you to determine well, I that think this children is harmful? Have, I think children have rights, and this is another example where there are conflicts... How about extracting their wisdom? How about extracting their teeth? Where there are conflicts between religious rights and rights of the child, and I think when there is that kind of juxtaposition, it's the right of the child that has to prevail. So it's not a popular idea, I'm By sure. By whose standard but, are these the rights of the child? I mean, who is going to determine that? Uh, Apparently you are. To not be brutalized and mutilated. That, Mut- that's my p- particular position, and it happens to be a growing position. <laughs> Apparently it's a diminishing position in some ways, but um, the, the point here is that it, it's not for the state to impose its values on the family. The family predates well, the if, state. If, if adult, consenting adults want to mutilate their body, they're free to do that. Mm. If they want to make and, that and decision for their infant of luck child, children. But, but then Justin, I don't think that's appropriate. You, now the are you prepared to criminalize a huge number of people? So no, I don't, you would I don't, criminalize every Jewish and Muslim family. The vast majority would disobey this law. God, are you going to build new prisons like crazy? Someone's going to benefit from this. Well, there are, there are a number of acts that are part of uh, religious rituals that uh, are immoral and, and should Such be as? criminal, but we're not going to immediately criminalize Such them. There's, there's education, there's outreach, there's other ways of doing no, no. this, but what, this what is a conversation which, that are criminal? which we're not allowed to and talk about. Are you going to br- no, we're going to go to the break, but just, just before the break, what are these other acts that you think should be criminalized? Well, worthy acts of- that have to do with the oppression of, of disadvantaged groups, in particular women in Islam. Right. Right. So, are, okay. you, are you are you going to extend that into into the womb, and and we ought not to be able to brutalize the unborn? That's are a you separate going to matter it? completely. Oh, indeed, it's, it's far not worse. Actual physical we have harm. another segment. Thank goodness. When we come back, we'll have a bit of forcible uh, circumcision. That should make it very entertaining. And also, <laughs> we'll talk about gay straight alliances and 9/11. It doesn't get much better than this. All right, they, they agreed but, ooh, 70% of the time, I t- I, so I threw in circumcision, as one always does. Uh, now, <laughs> stop it. GSA's Gay Straight Alliances, they won't agree on this. Now, this is a Catholic school in, is it Mississauga? That's right. Um, and a kid there, or more than one, wants to have a Gay Straight Alliance in the school. Forgive me if I got this wrong, has said no. Well, they've, they've made it extremely difficult to operate any kind of group that focuses on providing a safe space for gay and lesbian students. So they delayed the group's ratification. The group can't be called yeah, that's GSA. That's not at all what they would claim. They've denied a GSA. They want the school to be a safe place for gay students, but it's the Gay Straight Alliance they object to, surely. Any, any attempt to put gay in the name or to use gay symbols or in any way to identify the group as having to do with, with being gay mm-hmm. um, or lesbian is, is a no-no in this particular school. Right. That, I mean, that surprises me a little because the Catholic school system, as we, we all know, is not enormously Catholic generally. And I know lots of Catholic schools who would welcome this. They'd welcome rainbow flags and GSAs, but obviously this one... Well, the, the teachers were okay, and even the, the administrators. And then they got some calls from the trustees and from the, the bishops who are you know, advisors to the, the Mississauga Catholic Board. And then they decided to put in place a series of requirements 
ended up being this very long, almost two-year delay. Uh, now the principal has to sit in at every meeting, which is completely unusual for student groups there. And the students, from what they report to me, have done some interviews with these students, they are really unable to really have a functioning group at this point. Did, did they say they had been bullied? Yes. Well, I mean, the student, Christopher Karras, who's the champion behind this yep. group, um, after three years of, of homophobic bullying that he went through from students and, unfortunately, some faculty as well at the school, some teachers at the school, that's what prompted him to start the group. Teachers bullied him? Yes. But they shouldn't be teaching. I would agree with you on that. But I I really am appalled because, again, I do know the Catholic system. And uh, some people might be surprised how uh, a-Catholic or non-Catholic it is. But the vast majority of teachers I've met have been fine people who would not allow any bullying, particularly uh, over someone's sexuality. That is disgraceful that that occurred. Uh, It comes down to, does a Catholic school have a right to to teach um, an Orthodox Catholic interpretation of sexuality which would not accommodate GSAs? Of course. And uh, the, the, the allegation that he was bullied is just an allegation. We're presuming that what he's saying is accurate and that the teachers who are responsible for his well-being, and I'm sure take it very seriously, have in fact bullied him. When, and it is merely uh, an allegation. And, mm-hmm. and as such, to spread it on the air is actually a form of slander. Now, I, if there's an investigation, then by all means he's been bullied. If they've broken the law, call the law in on it then. This is not about enforcing the law. It's about enforcing and promoting a lifestyle that is at odds with Catholic teaching, which happens to be, in this case, Christian teaching. Now, it may be uh, at odds with the the desires and preferences of the students, uh, but we're just talking about nomenclature. They've they've said that there is a safe space for this. They don't want the promotion of homosexuality under certain banners and agendas. That's what they've been clear about. That's the report I've read at any rate. Sure, and you may I, know more. I appreciate that. I, I think there's two issues here. One is the allegations that the school was fostering a homophobic environment. And I completely agree that has to be, those allegations have to be tested. It's now in the form of an Ontario Human Rights Tribunal complaint. Oh, great. So I, I, you know, <laughs> we, we probably agree on, in terms of, of whether that's the appropriate to well, recourse. Well. That's a separate matter. Why not call yeah, them the, child services? The GSA. You've met the kids involved, right? I've met some of the kids involved. I yes. mean, don't give names, but I, I, I trust you... Well, Christopher is public with his name. Do you think they're valid? Absolutely. I mean, you know, teenagers, whatever, whatever the issue is, sometimes, I'm told, having raised four kids, teenagers uh, can be not always completely honest. No, he's, he's a very mature, uh, precocious youngster. Right. Um, well, he's a, he's a young adult, actually, and it's yeah. not just him. There's a number of his colleagues. Okay. There are students at other schools he's working with. And just to finish that other thought, legally speaking, in terms of the GSA name, I mean, Bill 13 is now the force of law, the Accepting Schools Act. Public schools, including Catholic public schools, mm-hmm. cannot deny students that option. It is a problem, isn't it, when, when you take money from Caesar? Uh, I, I, I completely uphold that and, and support that the right of a church to say no to same-sex marriage, to have schools where they teach un, under the law what is Christian teaching. But if you are taking public funding, I'm afraid you have to really uphold public law. Well, in that, that case, we would have also stood on the side of the Nazis and Nazi Germany for by, by well, that, bring by the that precise in. same That's standard. a good one, yes. It's always the way to win the debate, yeah. to polemicize why, and so why, forth. Why do no, the, that, though? The, well, the, well, because the point here is that what happened under the Nazi regime was legal and it was by the, the, the law of the land. The question mm-hmm. is, is the law of the land always the right thing? And there are times for civil no, disobedience. And, and, there, there, is a, and there are times when they are actually uh, genuinely uh, transgressing. There, there, there is a this. greater, deeper application of, of natural law and, and the 
the rule, if you like, of common sense. And all of, of, of decent society and civilized society will conclude and construe that Nazism did not fulfill that. But we do live in a country with a, a free democracy, a constitutional monarchy, rule of law, due process, separation of powers. So I'm afraid if the law does... We might not like what the law says, but if the law, supported by democratic elections, says this is what we believe... I think it's rather Nazi-like to say, sorry, I don't agree. I have no problem with the defunding of public schools across the board. I have absolutely no issue. Let's all allow public parents... schools. Yeah, all public schools. Let's allow parents' choice. Let their tax dollars follow their children in the schools that they choose because it's the parents' mandate to educate. Let's have it all out. Never mind bullying the Catholic system and promoting a lifestyle that is at odds with their teaching. Let's go the whole hog, defund the whole thing, and then let's see what happens and where parents actually want their children to be taught, I think we would find it very surprising. What, what, what is the difference between toleration, acceptance, love, and promotion? Because I mean, if, if the kids Great are going question. around saying to people, I think you should be gay, they sure. should probably get a slap around the head because they're being annoying. But that's, that's a joke. I mean, that's, that's a fantasy. That doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. If they simply want to be who they are and, and be respected, should we not be encouraging that? Well, uh, sexuality at that age, as you know, and in general, is enormously plastic. So who they are, the, the, the notion of identity, human identity... is so These are students going through puberty. Some, some of them, are, in this case, is, are post-puberty. So, I mean, the idea that they, their sexuality hasn't formed yet... Is there a normative kind of human anthropology is the question. Is there such a thing as a human being and normative moral codes? It, I, I would say yes. If you say no, then I would say, what do you mean by an injustice? I would say there is, and male and well, female my... are made for one another, and, and procreation is thereby possible. The human race proceeds from I, I have normative so like my Facebook and Twitter account, actually. <laughs> I have normative codes too, Scott. They revolve around things like tolerance and inclusion. Right, but inclusion and tolerance can't under, undermine the moral law that is category one. Otherwise, we're not talking about... Uh, inclusion and tolerance as anything other than words of propaganda. Again, I say define your terms. How old are these kids, by the way? Um, I'm not sure his exact age. I'd say he's about 18, around there. Well, I mean, it's one... He's just finishing up his, his classes. If they're 15, 16, 17, 18, surely you don't really believe they're still trying to find their sexuality. Well, they're encouraged to find it all the time, and they apparently continue to do it in university where they're also encouraged to find their sexuality. People who are once straight become gay along do the they? road. Well, apparently... I've not come across that. But no? Is, you know what? No. It's those attitudes which require these groups because there's so much ignorance and misinformation. And I'm sorry, but these students, part of why they're being bullied is because people have false impressions, impressions that being gay is just sort of a fad or a social Aside thing. Aside from the fact that you said it was false, what evidence do you have for that's fallacious? I mean, it's your word against mine there. This is just, I mean, it's... I mean... That homosexuality has a biological basis? Is yeah, just there's, no, there, there's no proof for this whatsoever. Okay. In identical twin studies... I'm not a social scientist. There, there is no I, I genetic basis. Myself, there's no I'm pretty genetic sure basis I, I have for, the research on my side on this particular point. If it were actually genetically possible or if it were genetically promoted, then the, the gene would die out as a consequence and therefore, according to the... Then it would be altruism but, of any but guys, you know, I, 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 We don't know. I, I don't even know if it matters very much. I think what does matter, though, are that... Within any school, there'll be some kids who, for whatever reason, want to promote themselves and be loud and be seen. It's not an issue of sexuality. Sure. It's an issue of... of, of the, Defines but, of the authorities. Yeah, but most kids simply want to be accepted and get along. And I, this idea of promoting... I mean, I, I, I don't... No disrespect, but I think people are getting a bit panicky about this. Again, I, 
Peer pressure is an enormously powerful thing at that age. You honestly you know, you think a kid who is, is straight will become gay out of peer pressure? I think the culture of our time is promoting inclusion at all costs against all objections. But this kid is not and, trying and to make a name for himself or be a celebrity. Sure he is. He spent his entire high school career suffering through bullying, and it was only after the government passed this bill, which said that if students wanted to exercise their constitutional right to freedom of association and call their club a GSA, that that right would be protected. And then he grudgingly decided, okay, I better create this group so that after I leave, other students don't have to go through what I went through. I just say it is bureaucratic pettiness to insist that they call it a gay-straight alliance. I think it's not just the gay SA GSA name. Any 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 inclusion of gay, rainbow, flag. Actually, the words are END. The END. It's the end. We're out of time. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.